Do you struggle with putting yourself first? Are you tired of feeling burnt out and overwhelmed from constantly putting the needs of others before your own? I have created a sacred space that will be available once a week for 10 weeks to learn, dive deep, and create your boundaries to boost your confidence and self-worthiness. Go to www.krista-luna.com and sign up for the Master Your Boundaries course starting in September 2023. And use the code PARANORMAL to get 30% off today on www.krista-luna.com. Welcome back to another episode of Paranormal, The New Normal. I'm your host, as always, Jeremy, trying to bring some normalcy to this world. Does it ever happen? Not in today's world, God. But we try regardless, and we're going to keep trying. And of course, I brought a guest with me to help at this endeavor, and we'll see if it works. And my guest today is Jassy Jackson, who is a shamanic, and I just totally fucked up, energy medicine practitioner and energy healer. And a Reiki user. How are you doing tonight, Jassy? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Oh, I get to podcast. That's all that matters because it makes life good. <laughs> I get to tell the people about someone else in this world that's special and has abilities, which I love. And that's the reason I started this podcast to begin with. But first question I ask everybody is, what got you into this paranormal spirituality world that we live in? Well, you know, it's funny that you say that you get to do something that you love because what really got me on this path is the fact that I wasn't following my own heart and I wasn't following um, my instincts or my gut feelings. Um, I was somebody, I'm an A-type personality. You know, if somebody tells me this is the way to success, I go out and do it. I make a plan. You know, I put myself through college um, I got married. I, you know, I climbed the corporate ladder. I felt like I checked off all the boxes and yet I was still sobbing every day to work. I was still so sad and I didn't understand why, because here's my to-do list and, you know, I've, I've done it all and shouldn't I be happy at this point? And what was happening with me was that I wasn't doing what I loved. I wasn't doing what my soul was asking for. And uh, I had been in therapy for many, many years. And while it did help some, I, I was still ignoring myself and my natural gifts. And I finally went to see a Reiki uh, practitioner and that changed my life. And that pretty much from there on, I've been walking this path. Reiki. See, I always pronounce that wrong. I know I do, and I just never can get it right. But, I know you're good. <laughs> uh, that's okay. My listeners are used to me messing up words. I'm sure of that. So, but, and just for, because I've heard it defined before, but everybody has a different definition. What do you consider Reiki to be? 
Yeah, so Reiki is universal life force energy. And everyone has this Reiki within them. They have this universal life force within them. Um, and what Reiki practitioners do is they are attuned to the energy to be able to harness it and move it. And what people do or what practitioners do is basically we're able to work with your energy to be able to move out what doesn't belong to you, to be able to basically clear out and reset um, your own auric field and the, your energy within. Makes makes sense. I mean, and that actually might be one of the best definitions I've heard of it. <laughs> Thank you. I'm someone that like looks for the science behind everything. So when someone first told me about Reiki, I was like, I don't know about that. But I had a meltdown and was like, you know what, I'll try anything at this point. And that was like the thing that was presented to me recently. And so that's how I kind of fell into that path. But I was really looking at different like um, journals and experiments that have been done with Reiki energy and was really trying to understand the science behind it. And that's how I came up with that definition. Oh. That makes sense, actually, because I'm a very science-minded person, and maybe that's why I like that definition so much. But because <laughs> I I speak science, that's just the way I've always been. I if, if it's not scientific, it doesn't make sense to me. So right, but, yeah, same. I I mean, I'm I'm a little bit skeptical, but then I'm always like, but I'll try it. <laughs> well, the second question I ask everybody in the show is. Have you had any experiences with anything in the paranormal realm, whether it be spirits, aliens, cryptids, take your pick, or anything that's just unusual to this world? Yeah, so <laughs> I've had quite a few experiences. So I'll, I'll tell you one that happened um, when I was younger and then one that happened recently. So when I was younger, we moved into this, um, this house that I felt was haunted because I was having like sleep paralysis um, where I couldn't open my eyes. I couldn't breathe. Uh, I felt like something was holding me down. And at some point I was on my, on one time when this happened, because it was happening regularly, I, I, my eyes were slightly open because when I sleep for whatever reason, my eyes don't fully shut. My eyes were slowly open and I could see in the closet mirror that there was something hovering over me. Um, and I, it freaked me out. And the way I used to always come out of that is I would say like a short prayer that my grandma taught me. Um, and my mom would have these accounts of like something like slapping her or things would fall in, in the kitchen. And I was like, I got to get the hell out of here. So I moved away to college and never looked back. I was like, I'm not returning to that space. My parents moved away. Um, and then recently... Um, so there's two things that happened recently. When I do Reiki, a lot of the times, because I'm in a theta state, um, a lot of the times what happens is people's loved ones will come through or their spirit team or something will come through and I could see them coming in through the, the front, the door. And after the Reiki session, I'll explain like, this happened, this sort of person came through and people will normally be able to identify. So for example, there is this Hispanic lady that came in and all of a sudden I'm seeing this blonde kid in our room. He's really, really young. And it happened to be her cousin 
who had passed recently passed away and she had not told me anything about that person that had passed away. So I thought that was really interesting. And my grandmother just passed in June. And before she passed, I was starting to see her in my peripherals, but she hadn't left yet. She hadn't been deceased yet. And so I started really looking into that and looking at different accounts. And, you know, there's the Milton Institute that also documents a lot of these um, kind of surviving death type of things. Um, And so it sounds like when people are transitioning from their life here on earth to the spirit realm, they're able to kind of leave their bodies or whatever the case may be, but I was seeing her and it was freaking me out. I was like, what, what is this? And so I was really seeking answers. Nice. Oh, I mean that the house you grew up in, I would have loved to have like paranormal investigators go in there and figure out what, what was going on, whether, whether it was just an angry spirit or if it was something worse, even, I mean, it would have been interesting to find out, but, but I'm sure, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm pretty sure it wasn't that long ago because you look like you're just in your early 20s, but... Thank you. I'm going to be 40 this year, but thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, then, I mean, like in that time frame, they're definitely... It wasn't a big a thing back then to have paranormal investigators come to your home as like now it, it's the first thing people think of when they have an issue is, oh, let me call some paranormal investigators. I could find them online in a second. But back then it wasn't a thing. Like I never heard of it until... I bought my house a year and a half ago. Like I never right. heard of paranormal. I, I knew they existed, but I never knew how to contact one or I never looked into it. I never needed to, but. And the technology house, is also like better oh, these days. Like if there was back then, like Ghostbusters was a thing, right? So it was in someone's <laughs> mind back then. But um, I think that the technology today really allows us to kind of pinpoint and understand what, what these things are. Well, yeah, I mean, and back, I mean, look, trying to talk to spirits goes back to the 1800s for, for, I mean, even earlier than that, really, but the 1800s weren't really for start getting documented, but it's just, I, it wasn't a thing for people coming to your house and be like, we're going to try to find the spirit and talk to it. Like, it just, like, if you did that in the early, in the late 90s, early 2000s, people would look at you like you're insane. Like, yeah, yeah, like, let's have a seance. <laughs> like, I mean, back then it was just, even psychics back then were just like the crazy people that work at small buildings or work at carnivals that, and I mean, it's just so not true anymore. And thank God it's not. Cause I've met, I met a lot of psychics and I get to find one that I believe is faking it. So it's a good thing, but so you pursued a career in psychology. How, how has that helped you like get to where you are today and your, all the holistic medicine you use? Yeah, you know, I always felt like my calling was to empower people and to show them different modalities and different ways to heal themselves. And I thought that psychology was the legit way to do it, right? I was trying to follow society's rules and um, it just didn't work out that way. I just felt so restrained, so not like in a, in a box almost. And, um, I just ended up not pursuing that, but I do leverage it these days in a, in a sense that almost every person that comes to see me for Reiki, they find me online. They don't know anything about me, but what they're looking for is a career change or some change in, you know, their nine to five. And that is kind of where I leverage my psychology 
because my specific area of expertise is work psychology, industrial and organizational psychology, and understanding that realm really allows me to empower people with different modalities, not just psychologically, but also um, spiritually. Oh, that makes sense. And so how has the psychology and the, I'm going to butcher this again, I already know it, but, and the shamanic energy kind of work together, like, does it work together or is it kind of like two opposing thoughts in your head going against each other constantly? Well, I will say that um, when people come to me for a shamanic alignment, it's usually because they're looking for a spiritual path or they're looking to heal something. And so that's like one session in itself. But then the conversation will go down like, I really need to get out of my nine to five or I really need to find somewhere where I will be happy and I will use a lot of the psychology things to get through those conversations and kind of give them, you know, walk them through the workshop that I have. But in between, there are going to be, there's going to be resistance. There's going to be things that we've been taught, limiting beliefs that are ingrained in us that where I'll then use some of the shamanic practices in order to kind of relieve some of that and redirect their energy or realign them to where they're supposed to be. Makes sense. And I got to ask this, since you say you do mainly like workplace psychology and whatnot, because it, it, this just came up in like a recent episode of South Park where they touched on this. And it's something I really wasn't aware of until I saw it on there and I like kind of looked into it. But the fact that people think they need like mental health days once a week now, or that they need like work from home Wednesdays or like, like people need all these different accommodations from their job now. And I mean, I, as someone who actually works in an office again, cause I did work from home for a good six months and I, it was lovely, <laughs> but I knew when I was looking for a job that if I wanted to work at home, I wasn't going to find one to make the money I need to make working from home. So I sailed down and I'm, I'm now back in basically a nine to five office experience. But so like, what do you think about like this whole world where people think they need to have like mental health days all of a sudden and work from home days because they can't handle coming into the office. Like to me, it's sounds like an excuse to be lazy, but that's just my personal opinion. I mean, I think it also speaks to whatever it is that we're doing is not working. Um, there are days where I wouldn't say like every Wednesday, but like once or twice a year where it's like, I think I really need to call out today. I feel super overwhelmed for whatever reason. Um, you know, I think that there are like in every industry, in every area of our lives, there are going to be those people that take advantage of it and, you know, try to scam us out of things. But I think for the most part, some people are just so burned out and so overwhelmed and they don't see a way out, um, in, in earning a living or, you know, in doing something different because this is what they've been taught that sometimes, a mental health day is necessary. Um, that's of course me looking at the at the glass half full. For those that are trying to kind of game the system and and kind of be lazy, well, I think there that's its own kind of lesson and its own kind of karma. Um, because if you're not happy where you're at, you're just never going to be happy. Because I feel like happiness is a state of mind. Um, but I do think that because this is the way that our culture is moving towards, it speaks to 
this is not conducive for a well round out balanced life. See, I mean, I was brought up like, I mean, I was brought up in the nineties to early two thousands. And I mean, I was brought up that you go to work every day, no matter what, like, unless you're violently sick and you going to work is not going to be a good thing for anybody or, or if you're seriously injured and bleeding or having a broken limb, like you go to work and you do what you have to do to bring home yep. the bacon, basically. Like that's how I was brought up. And my father owned his own business and he never really missed a day of work unless he was deathly ill or same for my mother. I mean, that's just the way it was. And I mean, yeah, my father would go to the bar lunchtime and spend two hours at the bar. But I mean, that's to me, that's more of an appropriate way to spend it than taking the day off. Like, if I'm having a bad, if I'm having a bad day and I get, get to lunchtime, I was like, I need to relax. Like, I'm either gonna go in my car and take a few puffs of a pre-roll because it's legal here, or and my my company, if they if they know I do it, they don't really care. But I mean, I speak, on, I talk on the phone all day, so it kind of makes me a little more conversational if I'm that way. So you think they would approve it, or I'll go to the bar and I'll have a couple of gin tonics or something, or a couple of beers, and just relax like it calms your nerves it makes you relax like it just you go back to work smiling like i think places i mean yes there are people who can't do that because they have alcoholism issues or other issues and they can't do those type of things i get that that's of course different but i think workplaces should encourage that or like do maybe on maybe on wednesdays and fridays do like a lunchtime thing for your employees where you're bringing pizza and have like a 12 pack waiting for your employees like do something like that where it's just they can relax. I mean, don't let them get intoxicated, obviously, to the point where they can't work. But let them have a couple beers and get a little tipsy and do their job as long as they can still do their job. Who cares? Like, that's my yeah. personal opinion. I absolutely agree with that. I feel like there are some companies that do embrace that. And they even, they'll even have like a, a bar tap in their break room or whatever. Um, and I, I've even seen pictures of it like in the 50s of like different job places having that. I thought that was really interesting. Um, I think it's all a balancing act. And I feel like for me, when I when I had my breakdown, I really should have taken a mental health day because I was going in every single day, sobbing to work. Um, you know, I I loved my job. I loved my job. I loved the team that I was leading. I loved the company. I loved the people that I worked with. But yet I still wasn't happy. Something was wrong. Something was wrong mentally, like I'm not doing the things that my soul wants to do. Like I've been following everybody else's agenda, right? And so I think a lot of it, and I mean, you said it too, like this is how we grew up. We grew up in a world where this is the way it was. You have to have a nine to five. You have to go to work every single day to pay the bills type of situation. And I think a lot of like the younger generation is starting to realize that this isn't like the end all be all. And is there a different way to kind of be able to live a more balanced life? Exactly. I mean, I mean, I've always heard like that in England, they do like, you get like a, you work like very short days or something along those lines. And you have long, like two hour breaks for lunch. And there's of course tea time in the afternoon where everybody stops and enjoys their teas and biscuits or tea and, the things I can't remember the name of right now for life of me. Um, but I want to say sconces, but I know that's not right. But uh, scones, like, scones. like when they, yeah, they, it sounds close, but they enjoy like, like I've always heard that about England. I'm always like, 
my whole life I was always like, that must be nice to actually be able to have that much of a break and to work shorter work days. And like, but I don't know. It's just, I mean, Americans are all about making that dollar and you can't do it unless you're working. Like, it's just, I mean, with my job, if I'm not on the phones, the chances of me making a sale are a lot lower than they are if I'm just sitting there like drinking tea. Like, right. I, I, yeah. like, the, only, the only way I'm making any money then is if someone actually just calls me, that's one of my customers to buy something out of the blue, I mean, which happens, but it's rare. It's not as common as it is if I call someone and they're actually looking for something at that point. But, but to get it back to what you do, <laughs> what, like when a client comes to you, how do you embrace their individual needs? Like, what's your thought process like behind that? Yeah, every session is absolutely different. Even if you've come to me four or five times, like every session is going to be a little bit different. Um, so the first thing that we do is we sit and chat, um, either catch up or if it's the first time that I'm meeting you, I um, talk a little bit about how I got into it, what it is. Um, what to expect and all that good stuff. And then I get to know them and understand exactly why they are looking for a Reiki practitioner or a shamanic practitioner. And um, depending on how much is going on, you know, that, that session could last 20, 30 minutes. That portion of the session can last 20 to 30 minutes. And then I ground both of us with a short grounding meditation and then I get into the energy work and the energy work will last 30 to 45 minutes. Each one is absolutely different. So sometimes I'll do Reiki, sometimes I'll do shamanic um, alignments. Um, it just kind of depends, but I always, always seal everything and um, uh, let the energy settle with a nice sound bath. And after the sound bath, then... I let them know that uh, it's okay to come out of the state that they're in, come back into the room, and then we share. So I share my experience, which is different every time. Like I said, sometimes loved ones will come through. Sometimes I'll get images. Sometimes I'll get lights. Sometimes I'll get nothing and they're experiencing it all and their gifts are like coming online. And, um, and if they feel called to share, then they'll share with me. And then I end it with a quick little Oracle reading. Sounds lovely. Honestly, it does sound lovely, but what is like, cause some people, some people might be thinking this and I mean, I know there's a difference, but I'm not exactly sure where it lies. What is the difference between when you use shamanic energy and when you use Reiki, which I know I just butchered both those horribly. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So with Reiki, I often feel like Reiki is a very masculine energy, but it's still gentle. Um, it just feels different when it comes in through the body um, and when I'm working with it. Whereas shamanic practices is more about dealing with like the spiritual realm and using guides and using a very specific guided energy medicine to move that energy. And it's more of like, so with Reiki, there's very specific hand positions, very specific symbols that you use. It's very, um, you know, the origins of it is Japanese um, and it's very regimented. Um, whereas the guided energy medicine it just, it's very different every time. Um, you might get light language from me. You might just, you might feel sensations. You might get 
images as well as Reiki, um, but it, it just feels different. Um, it, it has more of a feminine feel to it, if you will. Okay. So, I mean, I mean, I'm sure you use both for both genders, of course, but yeah. depending on the situation, depending on the situation, but it depends on the situation and what the client needs. And if they came to me specifically for Reiki, then I'll do a Reiki. If they came specifically for an alignment, I'll do an alignment. But if it's like, oh, I can do either, then we kind of talk about it and kind of figure out what's the best one for them in that moment. Makes sense. And I'm, how do you make it a safe and supportive space for people though? Like, cause everybody does it different, but like, what do you do to prepare for a, a session say? Yeah. So I definitely use Palo Santo to clear the space of any paranormal activities that might happen. Um, I, uh, there's a specific meditation that I do in order to get into the state that I need to to get into um there are very prayers that happen for the shamanic um alignments uh that i do as well and then like i said i speak with the client and ensure that they're feeling safe and grounded and then i also go through a second meditation while they're there to get us both grounded that's a seems like a lot of work <laughs> honestly it does and in fact in fact you do it for each client when i'm sure you see multiple clients a day like that's just a lot of a lot of preparation but <laughs> it's good you do it and i want to ask that. yeah and I, I wanted to ask that just so that they might want to come to you they know it's a safe place of course to do it which i had no doubt but people like to be reaffirmed to things in this life what can i say of course so can you share some ex like examples of how you align people back to like the path they should be following? Well, I mean, you don't have to use real names or anything, obviously. But yeah, of course. So I actually just had a wonderful woman who came to me um, because she was looking for um, direction in how to start her own business, and um, she didn't know exactly what she was going to start it in. Um, she was. She was in the corporate world, and um, she has such great talent um, for art. And um, she came specifically for the Find Your Calling program. And what I do is it's a it's a three to six month program. And what happens is we really start to kind of assess who you really are, right? Like start to remember um, the things about your childhood. Start to remember things that you love about yourself because. Oftentimes we're like, okay, on the to-do list, what's next, what's next, what's next? We don't tend to kind of reminisce on our past victories and things like that. So I'll use astrology, I'll use um, Myers-Briggs, I'll use human design and all these other wonderful tools that are out there to allow people to kind of revisit themselves. And it's like, oh yeah, this also reminds me that I really love this. And then in month two to three, I usually start to get objections from people because now they're really moving in a certain direction. And now it's like, wait a second, wait a second. My brain is telling me that this isn't safe. This like this is out of the ordinary. This is how I got to success. And this is totally out of the norm. And so we start to work on limiting beliefs and do some work on inner child work. Um, and it, it's kind of tailored to each person depending on where they're at and where their resistance is. And so I use some of my psychology and some spiritual um, modalities to kind of get them back on track. 
And then usually around month three to four, they start to really break through and start to put down their blueprint. Um, you know, I always advise most people not to leave their nine to five because that is where the income is coming through, but to make room in one way, shape or form for the things that their soul is calling for. And then they start to kind of make that transition. And so I had this lovely young lady who came to me. She had all of these ideas that she wanted to do and she's narrowed it down now. She's a, she's an oil canvas painter has been selling her paintings online. And actually she went through crypto. She's now on, on blockchains and selling her art there. And she's just doing amazing things and really pouring her heart and soul into her, her art, um, which is where she wanted to go or where, what she wanted to do in life. See, I mean, I might have talked to you about that after the, after the interview is over, because I, I've always felt like I don't know. I, my dad famously always said to me, my brother, that I'm however many years old, however old he was at that time, and I still don't know what the fuck I want to do with my life. Like he would say in his forties, his fifties. Like he until he until he died when he was fifty eight. Like he said, yeah, my father passed away when he was fifty eight back in two thousand seventeen from heart issues. Basically, long story. Mm-hmm cancer ruined the sack around his heart when he was a teenager and he had a heart surgery and he couldn't recover from it so but like he always said i don't know i'm 53 years old i don't know what do my i don't know why i don't know what i want to do with my life yet like that was what he was famous for saying my our whole childhood is when he was trying to tell us like how to find our past in life like i don't know what i want to do and i'm this old it's okay if you don't know what you want to do yet mm-hmm. and i feel that because I'm 34, almost 35 now, and I still, I mean, I've done everything. I've done, I've done retail. I've done, I've done management. I've done restaurant work for many years, and it's just, and now I'm in sales, and it's just like, I'm good. I can succeed at anything I put my mind to because that's just the way I am. Like I can find a way to succeed anywhere I am, but my true purpose to this day, I still don't know what it is. I mean, podcasting kind of feels like it is my true purpose. Like just getting people's stories out there, but there's no money in it yet. So I can't exactly do that yet because <laughs> I need to support my wife and kids. So, you know, but I don't know. It's just, I, I feel that like for people who don't know what their true purpose is, I truly feel for them. And I truly am copacetic to everything they're feeling. Cause I just get it. Like, it's just, I don't know. I mean, Part of me feels like I should have been a writer. Part of me feels like I should have been a teacher, which I tried to do. And co- I tried to go to college for that, but that didn't work out. But it just was too long in college. But um, I just, I don't know. I just never, I, my father always said it and I agree. Like I'm 35 years old almost and I don't know what the fuck I want to do with my life yet. And I'm halfway through the point in my life where I'm going to be working, hopefully. So like, seems like I need to buy it. Seems like, it, it seems like there's a, t- a clock ticking always that you need to find it. And because you don't want to be 90 and then finally find your purpose. And then next thing you know, you're dead. Like <laughs> if I live that long, even, I mean, as you can see, I'm, I'm a smoker and a drinker. So if I live that long, even it's a blessing, but I mean, I don't know. Yeah. That's just, and I, think, I don't think that you're alone. I don't think that you're alone in feeling that way. I, I want to say that most people that I come across have expressed that in some way, shape or form, Right. And I think that we're always evolving 
as we go through our stages in life and what might be your purpose today might not be your purpose in 10 years, but whatever it is for today, embracing it and experimenting with it instead of just kind of thinking about it or wishing it, right? And experiment with it and kind of see where it goes. And I think that that's where a lot of people kind of get held up. It's like, okay, well, all I know is what what I've been told, which is I need to go to school or go and get a nine to five job where there are so many different routes that we as human beings can take, right? Exactly. And, so and it, that. Exactly. And I mean, it wasn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really do any of that option because my parents always instilled in me, you need to go to college. Like there's no other way around it. It wasn't until I was, it wasn't until I graduated with my first two associates from one school and two and a half years. Cause yeah, I did that, <laughs> but uh, it was just lucky. A lot of the classes lined up, but I mean, it's just like my, it was at that point, my father, I told my father, I want to take a semester off before I go to another school. He was fine with it. And he said, okay, do what you gotta do. Like, as long as you're working while you're taking time off, then do it, which I was. And then I went back to school and went for a different associates, which was the biggest fucking mistake of my life because I should have just went for a bachelor's and got it done with. But we learn and we move on in life. <laughs> but I mean, it's just like, even after seven years of college, I told my dad, like, I'm done with school. Like, I'm burnt out. I skip class constantly to go just get high of my friends because I don't want to be in school anymore. I'm sick of going to classes. I'm sick of having to pay for all these books that are ridiculously expensive for college students. Something I'm highly against. Books should be free in college, for God's sake. Make the rich pay for them somehow. <laughs> Sponsorships yes. or whatever, but make the rich pay for them. But it's just, I mean, and now here I am. I mean, I'm not working any little jobs anymore, thank God. But I mean, I can get, but now I'm working sales, which I never wanted to be in sales. It was something I was highly against my whole life up till now. But it was the one, it's the first job that I interviewed for this time around and that said, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll bring you in and we'll try you. You're, you're, I'm working through a tech agency. So if after, when it's time to switch over to the real company, if you're not making success, then we don't want to keep you, obviously. But if you're having success, and which I already am, of course, because I that's me. But it, so, I mean, now I'm in a career I never wanted to be in technically, but part of me is like, was I meant to be in this? Like, I just. And maybe not, maybe not. What I like to say about moments like this, like that you just described is everything is medicine. That's what you're taught in the shamanic path. Everything is medicine, right? And so what you're learning right now through this job could actually be a stepping stone for you for the next thing or whatever it is that you are meant to do, right? You're acquiring all of this knowledge and all of this experience for your next thing. Exactly. I mean, life is just about learning. That's all it is. You're Whether you're in school or not, you're learning in life every day, every day, whether you realize it or not, until you die. I mean, my grandfather learned new things until he died at 80 something, whenever he, or 90, whenever it was he died. I don't even remember his age, honestly, because I, he was born in the 30s and died in 2010. So I honestly don't know. But he, maybe he was born in the 20s, even. I, I honestly don't know. But like he, he would learn new things every day, even as like a 70 something year old. He would learn new things just by reading about them in the paper or 
seeing it on the news, he would learn new things. And that's what life is. It's about learning the next step and learning new things to get you to that next step. And I don't know. It's just, I mean, I, it's, it's like the paranormal. I have always loved the paranormal since I was a kid, but now doing this podcast for a year now, it's been a year as of the beginning of, well, beginning of April, I guess. I mean, I got the email from anchor like a week or two ago, but it's been a year now, and I've learned more about the paranormal doing this podcast than I ever would have imagined I would have ever learn, and it's amazing. I mean, I love the paranormal. It's one of my loves in life, but I just don't see myself being an investigator. I don't see myself – I mean, I'd love to be in, like, a science role trying to do things about it, but there's just no pass for that in this life, and that's the sad part. Because mm. I actually looked into it in uh, high school. I looked for colleges that had cryptozoology majors, and I found – like two, two in the whole United States. And then they were nowhere near where I lived. And wow. I was the type of kid who was a little nervous to go far away from home at first. Like I didn't want to be one of those kids that went halfway across the country to go to school. Like I was too close to my parents to do that. Like, it's just, I was scared my, for lack of a better word, scared. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not afraid to admit that now half my life later, but I was just scared then. And pardon me, wishes I did do it, that I could have went and done something I wanted to do. Like I, of course, later in life, we always look back and want to slap ourselves and go back in time and slap ourselves yeah. for doing something stupid when we shouldn't, have, <laughs> we should have followed the path we wanted to follow, but uh, well, well, thank you for it. sharing that. I mean, I think that that's the first step and we're kind of realizing like, oh, that was a fear of mine that I had. Have I overcome it? It sounds like you have, right? Um, your life is very different now. Um, but also I like to tell people it's never too late to follow a passion. So if that's something that you're truly passionate about and can experiment with acquiring some of that knowledge to see if it's a true path, I would try to find ways to, to kind of see if there's like maybe any online courses that will give you a hint of like what that path would look like. Yeah. I mean, and if you have the money for it. Go for it. Personally, I'm two months behind on mortgage, so you know money's a little tight. But <laughs> that's life. That's life in this day and age because everything's going up from food prices to gas. Oh my to gosh! It's, and they just announced that food prices are going up again, like eight percent or something like that. Like it's ridiculous. Like oh my gosh, you're kidding! <laughs> I don't I mean, watch eight, the news, so oh, that's news to me. I I don't either. My wife does, and that's why I hear about all this stuff. But I personally think the news is depressing as hell, and I try to stay away from it. But Same. I mean, I mean, yes, in reality, that's only like another eight cents per an item, but still, it's just like, really, it's getting it's getting to the point where how they expect people to survive and eat and like yeah. be able to live, like it's really getting to that point because, I mean, I'm on food stamps. I'm not afraid to admit it. Like I, I never thought I'd be at this point in my life, but I'm on food stamps because right. I can't afford to feed my family like off a regular job and still pay all my bills. Like it's just impossible. And apparently the government agrees because they gave me food stamps. So, I mean. Right. Yeah. If you agree with it, government, then why aren't you doing anything about it? That's, I mean, this is not a political podcast and I shouldn't go on these rants, but I just, sometimes I get pissed off. <laughs> Understandable. I can't believe it. <laughs> so how do you typically encourage people to continue their path even when they're done with you? Um, so, uh, I, I do regular check-ins with them even after the program is over. Um, a lot of the times, you know, 
during our check-ins, I'll remind them of the different modalities that they've learned. So throughout throughout our program or even like one-on-one sessions, I will teach something that they can um, walk away with, whether that's like tapping or, um, you know, their human design chart or whatever the case may be. Um, I like to remind them of the tools. And also I have my own podcast uh, called Beyond Meditation Podcast, where I interview a lot of people with different modalities and things that I've experienced and also encourage them to continue to listen there so that they can continue to be, um, ha- you know, be on their path and also um, learn new things that will allow them to keep that path open. See, okay, it's not the first time you use that word, and I, I'm not ashamed to admit it's the first time I've heard that word modality. Like, oh, what is the definition for that word? Because it's just driving me nuts. Yeah, so modality to me is like different things that you can, or different types of um, methods that you can use to change your energy, shift your life. Um, get on the path. So like yoga is a modality. There's um, emotional freedom tapping that I teach. There's Qigong that I teach as well. Um, Breath work, um, human design, astrology, tarot, like all of those are different methods and modes that you can pick up and, and say, yes, this is for me. And I teach the different ones because not everybody is the same. Like, no, it's not a one size fits all. So some people might be really, really into meditation while others are like, that's not for me. And so I'll teach them breath work and see how they feel about that. And usually they'll they'll go with that. And if breath work doesn't is not something for them, then I'll teach them something a little bit different depending on what, it, what their need is and where their energy blocks are. Yeah, see, I mean, meditation, I cannot freaking do meditation. Like, I, I've i tried, like, I've had so many people on my show, like, tell me, like, give me tips to try, give me free videos to try and whatnot. And I'm like, I can't meditate. Like, my mind doesn't shut off that long. Like, it just doesn't work. But, and I mean, breath work, it's kind of the same thing for me personally. I interviewed someone on here about a week or two ago, and they actually use breath work to do hands-free orgasms like it, they okay it, yeah i've heard like, that she's an erotic expert and stuff and like like i was completely like like really like i would that's something i would love to learn how to do but it's <laughs> like i can't do breath work like it just doesn't i mean maybe it's because i'm a smoker i don't know but i just like breath work doesn't work for me like i can't like after after a minute of like trying to control my breath i was like why am I doing this? <laughs> but I mean, that's, it's me personally. I mean, I don't know. I just, I'm an enigma and I still don't know myself at all. So <laughs> doing this podcast has helped me learn a lot about myself personally. That's mainly, awesome. Mainly what I can't do. And yes, I was going to get in your, I was going to get into your podcast in a little bit because I want to ask some questions about it, but, but, but I wanted to ask you about this because there's a lot of misconceptions about holistic healing to this day still. I mean, not as many as there were when we, when I grew up and when you grew up, like there was not, not as many as there were. Like, it's just a lot more understood these days. And a lot more people are embracing holistic approaches to everything, but how do you deal with the people who have misconceptions still? I mean, it's just, everybody is where they're at. Right. And I try to meet people where they're at. 
I don't try to convince anybody of anything because honestly, like if somebody were talking to me about Reiki in 2012, I'd have been like, you're batshit crazy um, out of here type, type of situation, right? Like you can't convince me of anything back then. Um, now I'm a little bit more open. So it's, I don't, I don't think of it as dealing with people more at, more in like trying to discover what it is that they're open to and working with that. Makes sense. I mean, because you don't want to, you don't want to tell people they're wrong because then they're never going to come around. Like they're just going to get all frustrated and walk away basically or argue with you or they're going to argue with you until they're out of breath because that's what people are nowadays. But it's just, you got to convince them to see the light almost in a way like convince them not even in a religious way but just convince them to see like the light that this can work like you just have to give it a chance just give it a chance i mean i I do believe oh go ahead oh i'm sorry no no go ahead of course i was gonna say i do believe that when when the person is ready the teacher will appear and that has been my experience throughout this whole thing is I don't really do a whole lot of marketing on my space, on my like my uh, my practice or anything like that. People just find me on Google. And the reason why I think that it works beautifully for me is because I set a very specific intention that people will only show up when, if, when they are ready, when they are ready to be open to it, when it's not a parlor trick. Because when you treat this energy work as a parlor trick, and you're trying to convince people of it, it's just not going to work. It's just, there has to be uh, consent on both sides that I'm going to open up the channel to be able to provide Reiki or shamanic um, alignments, and that they are open to receiving. Um, If I'm sitting there trying to convince somebody of trying this out, it's just, the magic kind of goes away. Well, yeah, I mean, they have to be open to it. It's it's like therapy was for a lot of people for a long time, like our marriage counseling. Like a lot of times, people be off to it because it's just, oh, we don't go to my family doesn't go to counseling. We're Italian, we're German. Like pick pick an ethnicity that people would use as an excuse. But nowadays, like therapy is one of the most <laughs> most people go to therapy of some kind, like every day, like not every day, but every week at least. Like yeah. it's just it's. I mean, I went to therapist for years. They did nothing for me because there was nothing wrong with me. It was just I was kind of being forced to go. But I mean, I, don't, I, I personally, I don't think there was anything wrong with me, but I could be wrong. <laughs> but uh, there are people who would, my wife would probably disagree with that too. But <laughs> at the end of the day, it's just like you can't force people to do what they don't want to do. Like it's just yeah. you're never going to be able to. They have to be open to it, or they're not. It's not going to work if you don't have an open mind. Nothing's going to work, and the way you put it like that you pretty much you pretty much manifested yourself out there and you put yourself out there and just people eventually are going to come because they're going to be looking for something and you're there yeah i'm a strong believer in um free will and along with that it's like spiritual free will as well like you're a completely sovereign spiritual uh, you know spirit and nobody Anywhere can make you do anything or convince you of anything that you're not ready for. And so I just don't put a lot of my energy in that because I truly do believe like when you're ready, the right person will show up. 
which I think a lot of people in like the holistic line of work, that's just they all feel the same way because like I see all these people's like I'm, I got I have almost two thousand followers on Facebook, so I see a lot of posts out there that I follow like eighteen hundred people, or well, not well, maybe not that big, but I follow like fifteen hundred people something like that, and I see a lot of these people and I see like their daily struggles that they put out on Facebook for some reason I don't know why, but I am personally not one that I'm going to put my per- personal struggles on Facebook because I don't want people to know my business, but right. these people do these people do it, and it's just like I don't see in the comments like people saying like i can help you please call this number like i don't see oh that like God. like i don't see that and that's a good thing because i mean well one if, if you're asking people to come to you for help they're not gonna come to you like you have to or they may and they're gonna get turned away very fast because they're not ready for it like they have to be ready like yeah i feel like anybody that tries to approach you i do get dms randomly of like my energy was attracted to you. Like, do you want a reading? Like, that, send those, me dollars. Like, those, those are scams, and I get those occasionally on Instagram. I get those on Instagram, only on yeah. Instagram. Yeah, and it's just like I've interviewed some of these people who send me them, and I'm just like, okay, they got hacked. They got hacked because I know this person personally, and they would not do this. Like, they don't have that energy about them where they are out there for the money, like. Like my good friend uh, Jason Zuck, the social psychic. Like he, well, I call him a good friend, even though we only talked once, but we had a connection. He, like, he messaged me like a couple months after we recorded, and he's like, he, the exact same thing you just said. He sent me that in a message, and I'm just like, he must have got hacked because that's not something he would do. Like, if I wanted to approach him for something, he would gladly help me, but he would not ever come to me saying like. I'm attracted to your energy today. Like, no, he's not like that. Like, no, I know this guy. He's cool. He's cool as shit. Like, he wouldn't do that. It's crazy. And it's uh... yeah. Somebody copied my profile, and I had an old coworker text me and saying, "Is this you?" Like, no, that's that's a fake one. It's the same as Facebook, where people copy profiles and they text you saying. Hey, I'm locked in my profile. Can you enter this code for me? And then it basically gives them access to your profile and then you're screwed. So to all the people out there, if you haven't heard of this yet, don't do that. (laughs) But this is your warning from paranormal normal. But I mean, it's just, I don't know. In this, in this day and age, in this, this horrible world we live in nowadays where scams are left and right and where the government is out of freaking control at this point. I mean, it's just, I mean, my, my good friend Amanda was posting today on like online all these bills that are up in different senates around the nation mm-hmm. and abortion bills and like freedom of speech bills basically and it's just like why are we debating these things we decided on these things 30 40 years ago hundreds of years ago like why are we debating these still like people should have freedom of speech to the fullest you shouldn't be i i shouldn't i shouldn't be able to get charged for saying something in my podcast that upset somebody like it's just, oh, and Very I mean, don't even, don't even get me started on the whole, ro- ro- don't even get me started on the whole Roe v. Wade thing because that's not this platform, and I don't want to do that here. But it's just, if women want to get abortions, they should be able to get abortions. That's that's all I'm gonna say. Like it's their right. That's all I'm gonna say about it. But and do we really need more people that are living off the government? <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm living off the government as is, so I can say that, but do we really more people that are living off the government than there already is? Like, I don't think so. But that's just my personal opinion. Like, and one helps the other, kind of. So, 
and that's my opinion and i expect no one to have to follow me for that but still <laughs> but all right so yes you do have a podcast and i didn't want to, i didn't want to give you time to talk about it because i'm actually interested and i totally was said at the beginning of the episode if i realized it but i kind of glossed over that fact no, it's okay. but the beyond meditation podcast so is it just a solo show where it's you giving people advice every week or do you have guests occasionally um so i actually um host it with uh, my good friend anna and uh we've been on this uh spiritual path for some years now i started a little earlier and have had been sharing a lot with her and we realized that a lot of our conversations were so deep and interesting that we decided to record them and then we started to bring um guests on so we have different guests um every week or yeah every week about different things i mean we just had kadrick olson who also is on gaia um talking about uh nordic uh rituals and shadow work and all all the good things that he talks about and we liked we called it beyond meditation because like you i am not great at meditating and there's too many thoughts to, to put aside. So uh, we decided to talk about all the other types of methods out there that people can use to, you know, get on their, their spiritual path. Interesting. And I'm telling you, look, if you, if you, if you, if you're interested in it, look through my past episodes, I guarantee there's some guests that you would love to have on that show. Okay. We'll do. I, I mean, some there's the one that sticks out in my okay. There's a bunch that stick out in my head, but I mean, I've had a couple past life trans, transgressionists that like would probably be great for your show. Carol Carol Collins, the Pittsburgh meet the Pittsburgh medium. Ooh. She she ha, she's a she speaks to the Jeshua Collective, and they give her. She actually did like a. She went to a trance on my show, basically, like totally unprovoked and un unknown, and like pretty much gave me advice on my podcast. And I was like, like, I it was something special. Like, <laughs> it's That's one of my incredible. most incredible. I will go back and listen. <laughs> it's, like honestly, like, and if if if, if you need help getting out, reach out to any of them, I can gladly reach out because thank uh, you. Po podcasters need to work together. I fully believe that. But agreed. And, uh, and people in the paranormal spiritual world need to work together too because. Yes, there's a lot of us now, but there also are a lot of fakes and frauds out there in that world as well. That the real ones need to stick together to try to make because we're trying to make this world a better place. We're trying to get these messages out there so people embrace more than the regular day to day life they have, and that they see there's more out there. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I've had a lot of guests that would have nothing to do with your show as well because they're more on the cryptid or alien extraterrestrial side of paranormal oh world. i'm down to speak to them as well <laughs> well there's some interesting ones there too as well then but eh, eh, take, take a look at the who's been on and if you ever need help reaching out to one let me know i'll gladly help but thank you but since you said that actually kind of curious because i love talking to people that aren't really on that side of paranormal about that side of paranormal what do you what is your belief on like extraterrestrial life do you think it exists or Absolutely. Absolutely. My dad used to watch a lot of alien stuff in the 90s. And that got me really curious. Like, I would always be kind of in the background, like, what is this? Like, what's happening? Um, but I think like, I, like, the, 
like documentaries or like X Files documentaries. Yeah, documentaries. People getting right. abducted and things like that. Um, and I think that we would be foolish to think that we're alone in this massive universe. I definitely think that they do exist. Um, what they look like or who they are, I have no idea, no clue. <laughs> Even the, ex- even the experts can't tell you what they look like or who they are, but well, some try to say they can, but I mean, I don't, I don't know. There's no proof. <laughs> well, I actually had the guest I had on last night, he wrote a book called UFO of God, and mm. he sees these balls of light UFOs every night, almost. If, he, if he's looking for them, he'll see them, and he believes that they are of a religious nature in a way. Which he's not the first guest I've had to say that, but I personally am agnostic, and I don't like to say I believe in any religion 100. percent Right. I believe I, I believe there's basis for all of them, but whether it's based on things that really happened or things that they somebody made up to get people to listen to them, I don't know. And that's the problem I have with it. But but let me ask you this: Do you, if there are extraterrestrials, do you believe they actually come from other planets, or do you believe they come from like? different dimensions that's the question i don't know i i don't think that they come from other planets i think it's definitely different dimensions um i don't know there's just so much weird information out there i haven't been able to like really form a full hypothesis on it but i definitely think it's like more of a dimension thing and they know how to go from dimension to dimension versus other planets. I just, I feel like if there were aliens and other planets, we've already discovered that. Mm, I mean, I 100% agree with where you're coming from, but that's not necessarily true that we would discover them because it doesn't mean they're in our galaxy if they're, if they're out there in other planets. I mean, the universe is constantly expanding and, there are more and more planets that we're finding out about that. I mean, they found planets that are basically exactly like Earth and have everything Earth has. And True. We can't, we can't go there. Or we can't see there to know if there's life there or not. I mean, I saw a post today on Facebook before I was letting my dogs run loose for a half hour so they can sleep during this interview. Good dogs. <laughs> and like I saw, I saw a picture on Facebook and it's like dinosaur remains found on Mars. And like I actually showed like this is the skull. This is the back. And I'm like, I don't know if I believe that. I mean, it looks different than any other, it looks different remains from any other dinosaur I've ever seen on Earth, but I don't, is it possible? I mean, nothing's impossible in this world, I believe, but I mean, I, one of the theories I kind of subscribe to is we might have been a species on Mars one time and then we came to Earth because Mars was dying. Right. Like that's, I mean, that, that famous meme on Facebook, what if Adam and Eve were the last remaining survivors of Mars and they fled to Earth? Right. And what if the Garden of Eden is where they crashed down their spaceship and it broke into a thousand pieces or whatever, and that's what we find when we look find. I don't know. It's, I love it, that theory. It's. I mean, there's so many wormholes I can go down. I mean, I also have a theory that we were, that we're prisoners on Earth. That an extra, another race of extraterrestrials put us here because we were from another planet and we were dangerous, which humans are dangerous. That's so hard to believe. But I mean, <laughs> that's so hard to believe. But I mean, what if we're prisoners here? And that's why that, that could explain 
Bigfoot, Dogmen, and all the other paranormal creatures out there as well, because they could be prisoners too. And what if UFOs are prison wardens? Making sure we're staying mm-hmm. put and that we're not we're not getting too far. And I mean, <laughs> I literally have blown other paranormal podcasters' minds with this theory, and like they'll message me like three days later, like. I'm still thinking about what you said, and it's still. I have been thinking about this for days. That's insane. <laughs> that's, like, that's a good one. That's I, a good theory. I don't know if I, I to this day, I don't remember if I heard that somewhere or if like it was just an original thought I had. Which I mean, it's hard for us to believe that as an original thought was that, but I mean, it's just what if, like, what if we're prisoners? Because I'm pretty sure a lot of us, and I'm pretty sure you can from your clientele, I'm pretty sure you agree with this. We feel like prisoners on this planet a lot of time. We feel like we're, I mean, star seeds alone. That's the point of being a star seed is you don't feel like you're meant to be on this earth. Yep. Which, I mean, I don't know if you've worked with star seeds before, but. I have, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting stuff. There's so much that we don't know. <laughs> That's the, oh, the downfall and the double-edged sword of the paranormal is. There's so much we don't know, and we're not going to get answers anytime freaking soon. Because <laughs> even if the government knows stuff, they're not going to tell us everything. Even if they know it all, they're not going to tell us everything. I mean, according to my guest last night, we're going to be getting some kind of news this summer that we may or may not want to know. But about really? extraterrestrials, I mean, he's he claims to be the CIA's most watched alien investigator. He claims it. Uh, I gotta look at my calendar for that because, like, Chris Bledsoe. Chris Bledsoe. He wrote a book. He wrote a book called UFO of God. And he has, according to him, talked to the highest people in Washington. And he wouldn't give me many details because he wants people to buy his book. And I respect that. Because if I wrote um, a book, if I wrote a book, I'd want people to buy it too. But right, right. I mean, I respect it. I respect the hustle. But I mean, yeah, I wish he'd give me more answers on the podcast. I kind of do. But he hinted at a lot. And I kind of, I mean, I got to buy his book. I, I said last night, I got to buy his book. And I didn't do it today. I, I got to buy his book because I want to read it. Like it's, he'll climb and sinker. It worked. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. I mean, he, he, sa- he says there's something coming this summer that, we're going to find out something else besides the fact that the government admits that UFOs are real, but. Interesting. All right. I'll keep my eyes peeled, even though I don't watch the news. <laughs> I have a feeling if I have a feeling if it's as big as he says it's going to be, it's going to be all over Facebook. It's going to be all over Instagram. It's going to be all over everywhere. And all right. paranormal podcasters like me are going to be doing specials. If it's going to be as big as he claims it's going to be. I mean, I don't know. There's, I mean, there's instances already of, I don't know if you ever heard of the story of Valiant Thor. Mm-mm. Valiant Thor is supposedly, supposedly, there's no, well, there's some proof to this, but there's no definitive proof. And during Eisenhower's reign as president, there supposedly was an extraterrestrial named Valiant Thor who was a Norse extraterrestrial because they look like Norse men. He, he, supposedly, he came down and some. No one knows where. No one really knows where his ship landed or anything. But supposedly he was at the White House. He was at the Pentagon during Eisenhower's presidency, trying to convince us not to go to nuclear war, not trying to keep us from going to nuclear war. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't believe it at all, except for the fact that there's pictures of this guy next to Eisenhower. No one knows who he is. 
He looks like a Norse gentleman. Like he looks like he's from Sweden or Finland or one of those countries. And Eisenhower's daughter later said in interviews that she met him. She met it, and it was really there. Wow. So, I mean, the fact that this is a more well-known case blows my mind. But it, of course, it's not because why would the government promote this if it was true? And but. I mean, it's basically, it sounds almost like the storyline from the movie The Earth, The Day the Earth Stood Still. Like, that's what it sounds like. But without the robot helper that was on the alien ship on that one. But, I mean, it sounds like that storyline, basically. But there was so much UFO activity when the first nuclear bomb dropped because they saw what we, I mean, they exist. I I 100% believe they exist. I can say they saw what we were doing and they were like, oh, if these people ever get to space, we are fucked. Like, we are going to be in for over our heads more than we want to be with this dirtball plan of freaking cavemen. Because to this day, we are still technically cavemen. According to, like, according to probably more advanced species, we are cavemen, still on mm-hmm, dirt planet. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. It just blows my mind in a way that, like, this is not a more well-known case, and I'd love to bring it up so people hear about it, because it's like, like, look into it. It's, it's out there. I heard on a podcast to begin with a long time ago when podcast was doing their extraterrestrial podcast yeah i just googled it so i can look at it after this <laughs> i was like i can't forget this yeah valiant thor which they called him that well that, that was his name supposed to be that was that was his that was okay i don't want to say him because who knows if extraterrestrials have genders even but it was its name according to what everybody what, what, what i told people his name was valiant thor which is there a connection there to norse beliefs that there was a god or extraterrestrial named thor i mean maybe maybe i mean maybe i'm a big believer that ancient aliens all are more real and that that's what all the ancient gods were were really aliens that came down in their flying chariots as they call them i could believe that i've thought about that i don't remember what i was watching once i was like oh that's so interesting where it just planted that seed that aliens were visiting us as gods at some point, I was like, hmm. Well, I mean, it, I mean, the temples, the pyramids that the ancients built. I mean, yeah, they're slave labor, but slave labor can only do so much. I don't see them climbing and building a pyramid like with slaves. Like, I just can't, I, I can't picture it. I can't imagine it. Like, it just blows my mind. And I mean, I've interviewed people who said, oh, well, Earth was built around the pyramids. There's an alien structure in the center of the earth, and the pyramids were just points sticking out, and they built earth around them. And I was like, one, mind blown. Two, <laughs> and that's the possibility book, 100%. Yeah. Like, I just, uh, I don't know. Like, everything else in the paranormal, I don't freaking know. And that's, I love the paranormal, but it drives you insane because you don't know these things. And it's just, as humans, we want to know the answers. Like, that's just life. We want to know the answers to everything. And I don't know. I just, I don't know. <laughs> and that's going to be the tagline for this episode. I don't know. As every episode, I don't know. And I mean, no one can really know unless they're in the high government. And like, if X Files is right, there's a part of the government that knows. Lines, yeah. There's Seeing a part of the government. Eyes, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there may be a part of the government that doesn't know about all this exists. I don't think the president knows about it even because why would you tell Sleepy Joe anything? But um, or any president for that matter doesn't even have to be Sleepy Joe. But I mean, <laughs> I mean, I've heard I've heard rumors that and I don't want to start this bubble, but 
I've heard rumors that Trump was going to tell us more about aliens than they did originally did, but they stopped him. Somebody stopped yeah. him from saying it, and I've heard I've rumors heard about too. it. I mean, I'm not even trying to get into that conversation because that's a whole nother thing going on right now about him. But and that's all I've been seeing in my news feed for the last two days is about him and people either. I mean, you could to- you could totally see them prepping us for it, right? There's a lot more movies about extraterrestrials. There's a lot more, I mean, SpaceX, right? Um, mm-hmm. Disclosure, like the whole, like they're disclosing a lot more about like UFOs. Like, okay, because, well, what does that mean? <laughs> test- I think they're testing us. I mean, originally I was among the people that believed that, okay, they're telling us about UFOs now because they want to distract us from COVID. Didn't work, but they tried. And, and then people didn't even pay attention to it though because of COVID. So that's the thing. Like oh, I thought using... it was more of a prep, like prepping us oh, it's... years to, so that uh, we're not like completely shocked when. A hundred percent possible. That's what they're doing too. I mean, a hundred percent possible. I believe that as well. But the fact that I can't, the fact that they didn't announce it until there was a worldwide pandemic going on and like, cause they know people aren't going to pay attention to that. Cause, oh, what's going on with COVID? That's the important story. Not this little story over here about UFOs. Yeah. Oh, what? All the all the crazy people that were saying it for years were right. Oh, but oh no, look over here where there's COVID. Like, right. It was like it was basically like a magic trick. Like, look at this hand. No, this hand's more important. <laughs> but uh, it's just, I don't know. I mean, could they be prepping us for more? 100% believe that because if the government does tell us about aliens one day, it's going to be in steps. They're not going to just come out and say, "There's aliens." Already yeah, here. yeah. It's gonna be through Hollywood. It's gonna be, you know, baby things that happen so that we're like not surprised when it happens. <laughs> Until the day they used to come out and say, "Oh yeah, there's extraterrestrials," and guess what? They're not as cute as Baby Yoda. Yeah, they are. <laughs> and then, and then Hillary Clinton and Biden rip off their reptilian mask. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Maybe not. <laughs> but. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's just, uh, uh, I mean, Trump could be reptilian for I know. Who, who am I to say? I don't really fall. I'm, I was a registered Republican for years, but I don't, I don't follow either side. I don't think he's one of them. They treat I, him like an outcast. So I don't think he's one of them. He's definitely not. I mean, he was a businessman who became a celebrity who decided right. to run for president and people liked him so much. Say so he got elected. I mean, right. And now they're trying to bring him down because he got that far and that to me just spells so many different things but i'm not getting into that because it's not a political show and i'm not trying to <laughs> yeah, I I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, and my own opinions that i don't really voice to anybody so yeah i'm, I'm not trying to lose half my listeners because they don't like trump like <laughs> like if you want to know how i feel about the whole situation message me personally and i'll gladly tell you and if, hopefully i won't lose you then because i'll have your respect for telling you but still i'm not broadcasting it on a video that hundreds and hundreds of people see every week so like it's just (laughs) not gonna happen but i mean i don't know it's just there's too much unknown in this world than through people like you people like me and all the others out there in our community hopefully we can try and make the a little easier for when this all comes crashing down on us which it will one day it all will one day it all yeah i i have coined the fact that i've been saying for a year now Wait until the next pandemic and Bigfoot will be real. P- people will say, oh, look, we captured a Bigfoot. And then they'll say, like, oh, yeah, we don't know about Bigfoot for a good couple hundred years. We just 
we move we move them around like Native Americans, different reservations, and we keep them safe. Like I have a feeling it's coming, it's coming, but it's going to take a pandemic so they can say it without people noticing too much. Right. Like, right. <laughs> goddamn you, government. Goddamn you. But tell the people where they can find all your services and where they can find your podcast and just advertise yourself to the fullest. Yeah, sure. So you can find me on Instagram, Crystaluna Vortex um is my handle i also have a website www.crista-luna.com and um i'm not really on facebook i have a facebook page but i'm not really on facebook so those are the two main places to find me you can also find my podcast on spotify it's beyond meditation podcast with jazzy and anna and yeah i this was a lot of fun thank you so much for having me Oh, it was my pleasure, and I mean, gladly had. I mean, we. I didn't even get into like the, because I didn't know how much you know about. It, so I didn't want to get into like the cryptid side of paranormal too much because I didn't want to probably open a door. But always down and do another episode about that if you want. But yeah, I would love that. <laughs> we could definitely get it on the books at some point. Then, a hundred percent. I. It's been a fun conversation, and once we start talking about aliens, I was like, ooh. Like, I mean, I, I already, I liked you from the first like few minutes, but I'm like, as soon as you get to that point, I'm like, oh, return guests, return guests. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, awesome. I love that. <laughs> I would love to, to come back and, and chat some more. Well, I think that happened listeners. And of course, all my listeners know you can find me on paranormal and normal slash maniacal music musings podcast for the S group on Facebook. You can find me as Jeremy Bryant on Facebook too. You can find me on Twitter and the gram as that juggalo bastard. You can find me on TikTok as that juggalo bastard podcast. And you can find us on YouTube as Paranormal and Normal, where this is being streamed right now, like all my lives. And I want to thank Jesse for coming on. It's been an amazing episode, and I cannot wait to do it again because it's truly been a lightning conversation and a fun conversation. And with that, I will see you in half a week to all my listeners and to all my watchers. Thank you for watching. I'll be back next week at some point with another live i'm not sure why exactly i want to say monday but i could be completely wrong i i, I don't even know my own schedule unless i look at the calendar that's just how crazy it is but thank you all have a good one